This is Small Business as Usual, a program about the art of operating small enterprises and the issues faced by the owners. It's a presentation of the Community Economic Development Fund in Meriden, Connecticut. I'm Frederick Welk, a business advisor for CEDF clients. The Community Economic Development Fund is a nonprofit lender providing financing to qualified small businesses in Connecticut that can't obtain traditional bank financing. More about CEDF at the end of the program. This episode is about whether you should go into business. Hidden somewhere in the pyramid chart used to represent Maslow's hierarchy of needs, I suppose stuff between self-esteem and the desire to reproduce the species is the entrepreneurial drive. Lots of people are attracted to owning their own business, but not everyone stops to make a truly informed assessment of whether it's right for them. There's lots of considerations. Do you have adequate support from family and friends? Are you willing to stomach the risks? Do you have the motivation to continually do incredibly hard work? And do you have the patience and fortitude to get through the long process of building a business that never quite turns out as planned and can take a much longer time than predicted to achieve sustainability and profitability? Are you willing to open your mind to learn new skills and reach out for help for those that don't make sense for you to master? And can you stare down the demon called failure and come to terms with the decision to struggle on, or maybe not? I know someone who's a specialist at facilitating these examinations. If you're considering starting a venture, well, this woman has some questions you might want to be carefully asking yourself. My name is Mary Kay Delacamera. I am what is called a micro-enterprise business advisor with the Connecticut Small Business Development Center. The Small Business Development Center is an SBA resource partner. We're funded by both the Small Business Administration and the State of Connecticut Department of Economic and Community Development Funds. And the University of Connecticut is our host organization. We work with small businesses and entrepreneurs across the industry spectrum, across all stages of business, with various aspects of business growth. I, as the startup advisor, work solely with entrepreneurs who are interested in launching a new venture. We're all driven by something. Some of us, a multitude of things. It's important to understand what motivates each one of us and how those various demands specific to starting that business might alter that motivation. For some of us, that depends on what goes on in our personal life, what goes on in our professional life, what goes on in our financial world. Entrepreneurship has built-in surprises, so we need to ready ourselves for those surprises, Um, because as we all know, life doesn't always pan out the way we had hoped. I tell our folks not to confuse seeking external support with a need for external motivation. We need to know what we don't know. If you're a self-starter, I ask people to ask themselves how long they can maintain that motivation. And it doesn't necessarily have to have a period of time, but it may be more of a reflection of the ability to identify the stressor in their life or in their physical well-being that says, I need to alter something. People have to know what, what happens to them when they're facing what I call hiccups, when things don't work the way we had anticipated. If you function best with external motivation, Are those supports available to you, and how long will they be available to you? How do you access them? Can you afford to access them? 
I let everybody who comes to us know that there are a multitude of free services available to entrepreneurs across the state of Connecticut and beyond. So we talk specifically about what each resource partner provides, and then beyond these no-cost services, what services they may need to access at a cost and where to find them. Many people think that there's a certain path to success. And if their path isn't either clear or they're not following what they anticipated would occur, that they've made a mistake or something's wrong or it won't work. And that is so not the case. Just like, you know, not everyone needs to earn a traditional degree. Not everyone, if they choose to pursue a secondary education, will necessarily need to do it in four years. Not everybody has the same path. So being able to forgive yourself, to allow yourself the flexibility you know you need based on your own personal situation is huge. There's definitely more at stake than just money. Personal risk is also an issue. So I ask people very directly, and I find that more often than not, it's the first time they've been asked. Are your family and friends aware that you're going through this undertaking? Who are your cheerleaders? I ask very pointedly how much money they are willing to put on the line, not anticipating failure. And I tell them that. But I want them to be able to recognize in themselves that kind of a line of demarcation. Some folks say, it wasn't the right time two years ago. It is now. Because my spouse is my best cheerleader and he or she is on board. Or my children have grown and I have a little bit more flexibility with my financial situation. With regard to financial risk, some people may say, I have, I'm willing to put $250 into this venture to see if it works. Others have said 10,000. I had someone come to me and say she had 30,000 to invest. So it really depends on the various facets, aspects of your life and your comfort putting that at risk. Because what we don't want to happen as part of the process is for people to eat themselves up as they go through. The hardest work that we do is done prior to launch. It's all of that prep work in understanding physically what it takes, emotionally what it takes, and financially what you're going to need to invest. Patience is extraordinarily important in the life of an entrepreneur. In fact, entrepreneurs, I believe, are the most patient people in the world. They understand that launching a new venture takes patience beyond what most people are willing to consider. The exercise of goal setting in itself is part of the business planning process. They need to understand that sustainability of a business, growth over time, takes time, and often more time than is anticipated. Patience, by definition, is the capacity to accept delay or acknowledge struggle. Add to this the realization that the business may fail, your patience might be tested beyond what you had anticipated. So again, part of our early stage work is recognizing whether or not that is part of who you are. And if at the end of our work together you decide this is not a venture you want to pursue, is that going to be an acceptable answer? Everyone who comes to us has to show the willingness to learn. Our very first conversation is all about their own readiness and what would be involved if they were to launch that specific venture. So it's global or broad-based, and then each 
meeting I have with them, whether it's over the phone or face-to-face, -face, involves a deeper dive conversation. So that big question initially, am I ready to launch a business? I don't evaluate on behalf of the entrepreneur. I help them through a process for them to assess their own readiness. Understanding what's involved in business launch, followed by that early stage work, is the hardest part of our work together. What's required to maintain a business is arguably the most important component of our work. People need to lean on others. They need to create a team. They need to identify when it's important to outsource and know that it's okay to ask others for help. While entrepreneurs are known to wear various hats, understanding that they need to be aware of the various hats, but they don't have to be experts at each of those aspects of the business is critical. Asking questions is not a sign of incompetence, but rather a desire to learn. So we encourage people to ask away. The more questions, the better. Evaluating your own skill set is also important. Self-reflection does not come naturally to most people. I would say to a chosen few. Introspection is easy. For most people, it's very difficult. Some find it easier than others, but regardless of the learning curve, everyone who is considering small business ownership needs to swallow their ego. They need to allow themselves to tap into the talents and gifts others can bring to the table. I mentioned earlier that subject matter expertise is not as important as most people entering a venture believe it is. For example, any venture, whether it's a product or a service, involves the need to sell that product or service. Selling isn't something everyone does well, but we all need to have the soft skills required to engage our customers, to engage our employees. So if you find that there's a particular skill set that is not a strength of yours, that learning curve, looking at yourself objectively, involves recognizing when you need to outsource those skills. Failure is essential to learning. We teach our kids that. It's defined as not succeeding in a particular activity, but let's loop back to what we talked about earlier. What does the entrepreneur hope to achieve? If the goal was to explore business ownership and they did that, they did not fail. Wisdom, however, is defined as knowing when to walk away and have the courage to recognize that. I'm not a musician, but wasn't it Kenny Rogers who said, know when to hold them and know when to fold them and know when to walk away? <laughs> Part of my work with entrepreneurs involves succession planning from the onset. And sometimes that succession planning is the what if. So what if at the end of this journey, I decide entrepreneurship is not for me. That's a win. What if I decide a year into it, I want to move on to something else? What happens to the business? It doesn't mean you've failed. It doesn't mean you're impatient. It doesn't mean that you've lost. Your biggest win is you've accomplished what you set out to do. The support people need to start a business is as unique as the individual because everybody comes from a different life experience. We talked earlier about recognizing what drives us. A business owner needs a strong team, which no doubt will be comprised of different personalities, learning styles, and work behaviors. Regardless of personalities, business owners need support from family, 
friends, and their immediate ecosystem. That's a commonality. They also need to create a company culture which motivates and encourages its workforce. Best case scenario is that someone can align their personal values with those of their company, and together that would drive success. The impact on family can be significant. Seldom is there not a trickle-down. There are many self-assessment tools available that one can find online, but the best assessment I have found is open discussion with your family. And part of our early work is to talk about who are the important folks in our life, what are our work demands, even drill down as deep as do you have a non-compete clause with your present employer that would preclude you from moving forward with this venture. All of those aspects have to be discussed before moving forward because the decision for business ownership shouldn't be based on a single variable, but rather a deep dive introspection combined with open conversations with family members. We have to be honest with ourselves and ask whether or not after the process is complete, we're better off. If the answer to that question is yes, terrific. If the answer to that question is no, then I encourage people to postpone moving forward with their ideas until they know the time is right for them. The folks who come without industry-specific knowledge but are totally enthused are some of my favorite people because you can hear the passion in their voice. They may be people who start a business at a future date, but clearly they have the passion to entertain the idea. For whatever time we work, we focus on education, increasing their understanding of all aspects of the small business ownership. Do they have a product or service where that need is unmet? What will it take to open? What will it take to be profitable? What will it take to be sustainable? Am I ready both financially and with regard to family or other obligations? Again, does work allow me to do that? Do I have the right team? Remembering throughout the whole process that there's no right time because the time is unique for every business owner. I have to work diligently to keep myself in check because my work involves supporting entrepreneurs through the process of assessing their own readiness, not a predetermined timeline that I have for them, but helping them identify what their timeline is and when they know it's the right time for them to move forward. Timelines are as unique as individuals. I would do each and every client a disservice if the goals and objectives we work toward were mine rather than theirs. And the success of our work together is measured against their own goals. Sometimes that answer is it's the right time and sometimes the answer is it's not the right time, which is a win because they don't put forth excess time or financial resources. Someone just asked me this morning whether or not I thought their idea was a good idea. I never tell people whether I think their idea is a good idea because I want them to, to determine that. So I don't talk people out of anything. We work together to access the information they need to identify their own strengths, the strengths of their potential proposal, as well as the risks both on a personal level and on a financial level. Only then can the entrepreneur determine a direction and a time frame which works for them. There are certainly people who decide to postpone or even let go of that small business ownership. If and when they get to the point where they say, this is not for me, I've decided to wait, I congratulate them. 
reminding them what we had discussed early on, which was the answer isn't always yes. And they arrived at that without putting forth too much risk. One of the joys I've had in this work is to be able to meet people from all walks of life who've lived experiences beyond what I might have imagined for myself and are willing to take risks beyond what I know myself as being incapable of doing. So it's exciting to be part of that journey. It's wonderful to have folks come back years later because they remember us or they're looking to launch a second, third, or fourth venture. It's the simple, thank you, it's been great, which motivates me because I know we here are making a difference. Many thanks to Mary Kay Della Camera for sharing the process of how she counsels small business owners at the Connecticut Small Business Development Center. You can find out more about the free services provided by the SBDC at ctsbdc.com. Thanks to Scott Holmes for music. Our theme is by Orchestral Movement of 1932. Small Business as Usual is presented by the Community Economic Development Fund, a nonprofit organization which provides enterprises in Connecticut with term loans, lines of credit, and commercial mortgages when they can't get traditional bank financing. For the seventh year in a row, we're Connecticut's top SBA microlender. We make business term loans at very nominal interest rates as small as a few thousand dollars and larger business loans too from a pool of loan capital provided by many of the state's leading banks. There are geographic and or income qualification requirements for the borrowers. You can find out more about all of this at CEDF.com. And this episode of Small Business as Usual is available there. It's number 20-1. So Mary Kay, what'd you think of the idea for this podcast? I never tell people whether I think their idea is a good idea.